0: What does it mean to connect to your future at Lake Michigan College? They connect you to your future opportunities. They partner with local industries and employers, ensuring their programs align to the needs of the community's workforce. Lake Michigan College can help you get to the future you want. Visit lakemichigancollege.edu. Here's some things that people are talking about today for Monday, April 10th. Hope you had a great uh, Easter. I know I did. Got a a good time uh, with family beautiful day yesterday. man, was it nice? I uh, went to my mom's house and I wore a sweater and thought, okay, yeah, it's it's Easter. I'll just wear a sweater. It'd be nice. And I was hot and halfway through the day. but uh, all in all it was fantastic. Uh, Jocelyn's family uh, joined us as well. Um, so it was, it was a good time and my nephew uh, Owen, got the uh, the chance of a lifetime, uh, probably the easiest Easter egg hunt ever because one, he was the only kid that was doing it, but two, everybody, including his parents, were helping him. Like, he's walking around and he's like, hmm, where are the eggs? And then he would find one. And then when he couldn't find one, he was smart and said, So, do you see any more eggs? (laughs) He's a great kid. Uh, Last, also yesterday um, was this, or this whole weekend actually was the Masters, a tradition unlike any other. Says Jim Nance, Um, and he had the call during this entire time of talking about what's going on uh, for CBS. But uh, it was a crazy weekend in Augusta, Georgia for the 2023 Masters Tournament. Now, Friday, a couple large trees fell down. Uh, It was windy. And actually, uh, I watched the videos. Two of these big trees got knocked down and narrowly missed uh, some spectators near the 17th green or 17th tee, that is. And they actually had to suspend play until the next morning. Play was suspended again on Saturday because of the rain. Um, and so things didn't kick kick off until 3 p.m. And then, of course, it started to get dark and you can't play golf in the dark, even though you probably tried with, like, the glow-in-the-dark driving range balls. Yeah, not a good idea. <laughs> but also on Sunday, Tiger Woods, who a lot of people were watching for, uh, he withdrew from the competition after... Um, Aggravating his uh, plantar fasciitis. Now, in the end, um, it was John Rahm who was, you know, up there towards the top. But he uh, he came out really ready to play on Sunday. And this is how it all ended up. From sunrise to sunset. Oh Rahm wins the Masters Marathon. You know... Uh, that was awesome, uh, but I always, uh, I always never understand why when they're uh, calling a golf uh, tournament, why they have to whisper. You know, I uh, I've been to uh, the areas where media and the announcers and all that hang out, especially like for uh, Harbor Shores when the Senior PGA is here. They're far away from them. You know, there's there ten holes maybe. Uh, you know, hundreds of yards away from where the action's actually happening, and they're usually just in a room somewhere. So why do they need to whisper? Why do they need to say, "There he is, a champion, unlike any other champion"? Why do they need to do that? I think, and I was having this conversation with my family yesterday about about the uh, the classic golf whisper. And I think, and this is my theory, I don't know if it's proven or not, um, but this is my theory, is that back in the day, when they would do like radio broadcasts or even early TV broadcasts, they probably had to be pretty close to the golfers. And if you ever watch golf or go to a golf tournament, you have to be quiet and you can't say anything. I wish I had one of those signs. Uh, that they have for the golf uh, tournaments every time I go to either uh, a work meeting or anywhere (laughs) anywhere that's loud if I could just hold up that sign but um, yeah my theory was well if they were close to the action they didn't want to disrupt what was going on and and distract the golfer so they would just whisper and say here he is About to tee off. You know, you could use this uh, wherever you go. Uh, If you're going out to uh, maybe uh, the competitive eating championship of the World Burrito Contest, Uh, competitive eater Joey Chestnut, he recently won. This is the first ever World Burrito Eating Championship. Do you imagine? There he is, uh, about to eat a 17 pound burrito. And he did it in 10 minutes, complete with chicken, rice, beans, queso, and everyone's favorite, guacamole. (laughs) Anyways, Joey Chestnut ended up uh, eating this burrito, and it was 14 and a half, or he actually ate 14 and a half burritos, 17 pounds of burritos in 10 minutes. you believe that? I mean, Joey Chestnut, he's the guy that always does the hot dog eating contest, and he's eating a bunch of other stuff, but man, that is ridiculous. This tournament, the World Burrito Eating Contest, brought to you by Pepto-Bismol. Some other things that happened uh, over the weekend... Uh, we'll get to some of those other things uh, as far as the news goes, uh, but do want to get to some holidays that are happening today. You know, yesterday was Easter. Today, National Dingus Day. Yes, delicious, uh, where you can drink beer and listen to polka music. <laughs> Sorry, I just I I love the uh, the Golf Whisper. It's it's like the first ASMR of. Of Anything you know people probably Love watching golf if you love ASMR Uh, Today's also the White House uh, Easter egg roll And National Siblings Day I have uh, Four of them and That four brothers um, Yeah Celebrating all of them So high five to all of my brothers Uh, What do you do on National Sibling Day besides just say Hey Happy sibling day. Well, you know, you could just uh, you know send them a text, give them a call, spend some time with them if they live nearby. But uh, four out of five Americans have at least one brother or sister. And typically we spend at least a third of our entire lives with our siblings. So there you go. Spend some time with your siblings today if you have some. Uh, today's also International Safety Pin Day. A little useless knowledge for you. The safety pin invented in Watertown, New York, and patented 174 years ago in 1849 on this day. So there you go. You learned something today. Knowing's half the battle, G.I. Joe. Time now for Got Something to Say, where we talk to your friends and neighbors all happening uh, all around Southwest Michigan and what's happening, what uh, their programs are, and everything in between. I love chatting with uh, area nonprofits and learning new things. If you are part of one, maybe you volunteer for one. Maybe you are on the executive director or the uh, the board or something like that. Feel free to reach out to me. Love to chat with you. You can call nine two five wSjm. You can email let's talk at WSGM.com. give me some info. Maybe you got an event coming up. maybe you've got a fundraiser, maybe you got a program that you think people should be a part of. Any of those things would be perfect for it. Got something to say brought to you by our friends at United Federal Credit Union. We get you. Very excited to be talking with Alexandra Newman. She's with the Campus for Creative Aging. Alexandra, how are you?
1: I am great today. How are you, Johnny?
0: I'm doing fantastic. Always good to chat with you and learn more about uh, the Campus for Creative Aging. First off, Alexandra, tell me a little bit more about the Campus for Creative Aging and what you guys are all about.
1: Yeah. So we offer um, classes, programs, and just a community gathering space um, Mm -hmm. for folks in the community to come together and learn and be creative. Um, That's why we have, you know, creative in the name. Um, We're trying to just sort of... Bring the community together, whether you are aging or you're a volunteer and you want to help with folks, you know, help folks learn things um, that might help them age. Um, We have computer classes, balance classes, diabetes classes, all sorts of things at the campus.
0: Yeah, it's really cool. A lot of great programs that you guys offer. Uh, Yeah, your calendar is full with lots of things, and it's great because... Uh, like you said it's great for uh the population that wants to to get out and do stuff uh and and be creative but also learn a few things everything from like you said computers to everything else but you have this really cool thing coming up uh that we want to touch on and it's called uh memory of a dance uh tell me a little bit about how this uh all got started and and you know like you were telling me before we got on here that it's part of an ongoing effort that you have at the campus. Uh, Tell me a little bit more about it.
1: Sure, so Memory of the Dance is a play. Um, It was written by a local playwright, um, Terry Guest, and it um, focuses on dementia. Mm -hmm. And dementia is a very real issue and um, something that many, many people um, are diagnosed with every year. The play focuses on um, a a real family um, here in Southwest Michigan. Um, It's set in Southwest Michigan. It's um, and it's all. It was all written based on input from um, people living with a dementia diagnosis, whether that's themselves or um, you know their their caregiver. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's it's very um, I guess customized um, to sort of fit um, you know our our. Community and our sort of the things we see here in Southwest Michigan, Um, and the play itself um, is being directed by Paul Mao at the Ghostlight Theater, um, and it's starring um, some local actors that you may have seen in some other stuff like uh, Carol Sizer, Bill Klein, Lauren Scott, and Chokwe Pitchford.
0: That's really cool. And and I know you guys have been working on this and I love the idea of having input from from real people right here in our community because it's it's sharing real stories and real things that people uh, are dealing with. This is really cool. Uh, So this, like you said, has been uh, developed throughout these stories. You've uh, you've got a local playwright and and working together to make this all fit. How long has this process been going on of, of doing that stuff?
1: Yeah, so um, this is part of our arts and aging
0: partnership,
1: Mm -hmm. which has been going on um, since last year. We started this up. Um, It's a partnership between the Campus for Creative Aging, the Area Agency on Aging, um, Lake Michigan College, the Ghost Light Theater, Twin City Players, and the Barron Community Foundation. Um, so we've all sort of come together and want to explore these social issues or, you know, diagnoses, whatever, you know, it might mm-hmm. be through the arts. Um, it's sort of a very powerful way to engage others, create conversations, um, just sort of explain topics to people, too, in a way that's a little bit more accessible. Um, so we had, a, we had a play a couple months ago um, at the at the agency here as well and um, we're excited
0: for this one. That's really cool and and we know that you know dementia is not a death sentence but it it is something that not only affects the individual diagnosed with it but it it can affect and and change the way that the entire family operates. So uh, I'm sure a lot of those stories and those uh, things will be touched on during this play Um, And like you said, you want to create that, that dementia friendly community, right?
1: Yeah. And so that's another sort of aspect of this partnership and our sort of mission here is we want Southwest Michigan to be a dementia friendly community. Um, So we just want to make people more aware about dementia and that there are many people living high functioning with it in our community. Um, And, you know, we want, you know, to be not only support them, but tell their story and and, and show that these are, you know, real folks out here um, that could use a use a friend, you know, and that's what we're really trying to make it all about being friendly to others and just our our community being welcoming.
0: Now, before we touch on the dates and, and locations and ways that people can come and see this play, tell me a little bit more about this uh, free one hour dementia friends training that you have at the campus
1: yeah so we are it's very happy and excited to be offering um, a series of classes called dementia friends training it's one hour it's free and you can come and learn just all about dementia there's different kinds and there's ways to talk to people with dementia that you you may not, you know, have ever even thought about before. Mm. Um, I took the class last month and I was just blown away. I had no idea I can now, you know, talk about it and Mm. be a friend to someone um, uh, that that may have dementia. And so um, we have the classes in April that are coming up or April 18th and April 28th. Um, But we'll have many, many more um, to come throughout the year. And you can find those dates and sign up on our website, campusforcreativeaging.org.
0: Wonderful. And then, you like you mentioned, this memory of a dance, this play that has a lot of great stories, real stories from real people right here in Southwest Michigan uh, and getting some real people and great people that are doing these performances uh, for uh, this play. Uh, how can we come and see this?
1: Yeah, so the, the premiere, the very first night is um, April 21st, which is a Friday night at 7 p.m. here at the campus for Creative Aging um, on Lakeview Avenue in St. Joe. Um, and then we also have performances on um, Saturday and Sunday that weekend at 2 p.m. here at the campus. Um, and then we have another special performance at the Hanson Theater at Lake Michigan College the next weekend, uh, April, Saturday, April 29th. Um, that's at 2 PM, 2 PM again. Um, and we're just very excited about, you know, doing it here, doing it in other parts of the community, just spreading it around, trying to make it accessible to everyone.
0: That's awesome. Tickets, uh, it is going to cost us something, right? Yes.
1: So, um, this just helps sort of, uh, go to making this happen. Um, Tickets are $15 for adults and $12 for students, and they can be purchased at campusforcreativeaging.org.
0: Wonderful. Looking forward to this. And like you said, different locations to go and see this and get more information. Uh, Any other ways that we can find more information about those upcoming uh, uh, free events and free one-hour Dementia Friends training that you mentioned? Or if we want to just get more information, I see there's an 800 number.
1: Yeah. So here at the Area Agency on Aging and Campus for Creative Aging, we have a info line um, for really anything you could need to be connected to in the community. Any aging resources or disability resources. Um, It's we call it our easy button, um, sort of that one stop shop to find information about even other community partners. We can connect you um, and help you make, you know, connections that way. Um, Yeah, it's an 800 number, 800-654-2810, 654-2810. And that it's staffed Monday to Friday, eight to five, and they have a voicemail and, uh, you know, they're always on top of it to help you and answer your questions.
0: Fantastic. Well, lo- really looking forward to memory of a dance. I know uh, a lot of those great actors that are going to be part of this and the director as well. Uh, so I know it's going to be a great show and I love uh, to be able to hear uh, some of these great stories. So looking forward to that campus for creativeagingorg to not only uh, get information tickets and all that stuff, but also uh, like you said, Alexandra, to get more information about any of the other programs and things that you guys offer. Cause like we said uh, at the beginning of this, your guys's uh, calendar is very full Lots of great activities and things for people to do in our community. But again, that's campusforcreativeaging.org. Alexandra, thank you so much for spending some time with me and telling me more about all the things you guys are doing at the campus.
1: Yeah, thank you, Johnny. Really looking forward to this.
0: And I always love talking with uh, area nonprofits, great people like that. Uh, if you are part of one, maybe you have a program, that uh, you say, hey, we'd love to get more people to be a part of this uh, ongoing program we have, or you have an event coming up. Of course, nonprofits need people to show up to events, show up to uh, fundraisers, and help out in any way they can. So if you uh, are part of a nonprofit, say, hey, let's, uh, let's talk. Well, hey, I got something perfect for you. Let's talk at WSJM.com is actually the email that you send me some info about uh, your organization. Feel free to reach out uh, by doing that. Or you can always call me. Uh, or email, that is. Let's talk at wsjm.com And call me, 925-WSJM. So many different ways to get a hold of me. You could even uh, send me a letter if you want. Put me on your newsletter. 580 East Napier, Benton Harbor. Hey, any way you want to do it. Uh, we just need you to do that. So we can get you on the calendar. Got something to say? Brought to you by our friends at United Federal Credit Union. We get you. A lot of things going on over the weekend uh, that you might have missed. With being Easter, there was this talks of uh, these talks of people uh, instead of doing eggs, you know, and painting eggs, hard-boiling eggs. The cost of eggs being so expensive, there was this idea of dyeing potatoes instead of eggs. To save a few bucks. Now, the only potatoes I saw on Easter were uh, cooked with some delicious salmon, um, but that was it. Uh, I didn't have any dyed potatoes. I mean, really, it gonna, I guess it could save you a little bit of money by doing this, but nobody wants to go hunting for uh, Easter potatoes. <laughs> But did you do this? I know there was a lot of talk in the news. I saw a bunch of stories that people saying, this is what's trending. These are what people are doing. But did you actually do that? Or did you just go to the traditional eggs? Let me know. Uh, One reporter asked uh, somebody outside of a grocery store and everybody said it was a ridiculous idea. So it looks like Easter eggs uh, have survived inflation for now, but we'll just have to wait and see how much longer that goes. I would, I would go for a potato hunt. I think that would be fun. Just hide potatoes in your yard. And if you happen to forget one, that's okay because it'll probably make its way into the ground. And then, uh, hey, you'll have more potatoes at the end. Tax, uh, taxes are coming up here very soon. The tax deadline is April 18th. Uh, but you got to watch out for this. Uh, even if you've already done your taxes, the IRS warning people about some tax scams. They say that some scam artists are emailing, calling, or even texting people in order to get their personal information for financial gain. Now, the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, says that the IRS, uh, if the IRS contacts you, they're never going to contact you first via email or telephone. They're going to contact you in writing, with a letter. That's going to be their first step. Then they'll go to the you know the phone calls and things like that. So just uh, watch out. Those scam artists are always out there trying to get you. So you just got to be careful. Uh, and finally, here's some pretty awesome uh, Easter-related good news, and it happened right here in Michigan, uh, a little north of us in in the UP, eh? In the UP, they had uh, this really awesome food truck uh, in Munising area that handed out some free meals to veterans for Easter. The menu included Sloppy Joe's, pulled pork, French fries, and cakes for desserts. Now, one of the owners, Heidi Brown, was uh, talking with a local TV station up there, uh, TV6 in Munising, She just said, uh, it's something that I've always wanted to do is help people. And I feel like everybody should just come together more often. And so this stuff and uh, and showing people how much we appreciate them. It's a pretty great story. Pretty great things happening in and around our community. I always love to hear about that stuff. If you ever find uh, great stories and great uh, things that people uh, should know more about, if you're reading something or you see something, or you know of people doing great things in our community, hey, reach out to me. I'd love to share those stories because uh, we need some more positivity in the world. Feel free to reach out to me. You can email Let's Talk at wsjm.com and uh, give me a call, 925-WSJM. You know, we, uh, we do a lot uh, to cover high school sports right here in Southwest Michigan, everything from, of course, football, basketball, the coach's show, the student athlete of the week, all of that. Uh, but what was I found pretty interesting reading this story or this new study? When it comes to high school sports, you know injuries are inevitable. It, they just it, it, it happens. You know when you're you're playing hard, uh, sometimes an accident happens. You get injured. Uh, according to this new study, there were more than 5.2 million high school sports injuries uh, recorded in the four year period between 2015 and 2019. Man, that's a lot. While the injuries overall uh, have declined, the injuries seem to now be more severe. Football has uh, the most injuries, followed by girls' soccer and boys' wrestling. About 6% of all these uh, reported injuries. Ended up requiring surgery. Now I never had surgery when I was in um, in high school, but I did have uh, you know a number of injuries from uh, shoulder injuries to broken ankles to uh, dislocated all kinds of different joints and things like that. So I know that high school sports can be can be tough, but uh, it is good that that. A lot of the injuries have gone down But could that also be attributed to the fact That a lot of numbers on Of teams have gone down as well I know many, many of the uh, High schools around even Southwest Michigan Have switched to um, Smaller teams Eight man football Wasn't really a thing Even 15, 15 20 years ago um, So it, it's certainly Something to keep our eyes on uh, And less and less kids playing some of those big contact sports like um, football or even soccer. So uh, just something interesting, get your brain uh, going, get you thinking about things. Speaking of soccer, uh, maybe we just get rid of uh, sports for people and we just go to robots. No, we don't want that. But there are some robots now. That can uh, play soccer if you want, or football, really. Uh, scientists at MIT just un- unveiled a new robot called the DribbleBot. It can dribble a soccer ball. Unlike most uh, four-legged robots, the DribbleBot is able to use its front legs to push a ball around, and <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> and it's able to do so over uh, sand gravel mud and even snow it can even use its sensors uh, which include a camera atop its head uh, to intercept a ball that crosses its path now the robot hasn't or wasn't uh, designed just to have some backyard fun the scientists actually hope that that this ability allows it to aid humans during a disaster so there you go Pretty, pretty cool stuff. Flexibility of, of robots. It's pretty neat to see some of the stuff. But also on the other side of it, kind of scary because, um, you know, they have robots that are able to jump up boxes and into different levels and climb different things with ease. It's just uh, I've seen too many sci-fi movies to, to be okay with some of this stuff. And now the fact that I could be at some point watching... Robot soccer. Kind of weird. Strange world we live in, but new technology is a good thing. We know a lot of uh, electric cars, more and more of those are popping up around the area. And one of my biggest concerns, if I owned uh, an electric car and I don't own one, I I know my brother has some and I know other people that own them. My biggest concern is where am I going to charge it? If I go on a long road trip somewhere How easy is it to to charge? Well, it might be even easier by uh, 2030, Walmart planning to add thousands of EV charging stations to its stores. Now, they're already about uh, 1,300 around the country uh, as part of the company's partnership with Volkswagen's unit uh, Electrify America. And considering there's Walmarts and Sam's Clubs, Pretty much everywhere within 10 miles of 90% of Americans, um, it's probably not a bad idea. Now, each store is expecting uh, to get at least four stations in the next seven years. So there you go. By 2030, we might be having a, a lot easier uh, ways to go and find a charging station at Walmart and then other places as well. So that's good news for EV owners and for anybody that's considering An ev in the future speaking of the future we soon may not have to deal with the middle seat on airplanes Uh, someone created a new design concept for airplanes that actually eliminates the middle seat now it packs three separate cabins into each plane with uh, just two people sitting on each side of the aisles in every row now uh two questions come to mind Windows and emergency exits. Since the two cabins are side by side, the inner rows uh, can't look out of the plane. So instead, there's a virtual window and a long screen that shows the sky. Now, it's unclear how the emergency exits would work, but uh, with less people in either side cabin, it's actually possible uh, that they just use the side exits with the top cabin would just use the exits at the front and back of the plane now that's just a concept of course uh for for a conference that's coming up uh but no one's planning to construct a a plane like this so if it does happen it's a long ways away but hey something to always think about i i I don't mind the middle seat but i don't i don't fly it that often so it, it doesn't bother me all that much but yeah, I, I need some elbow room. And it sounds like with this new design, you'll definitely get some elbow room. So could could be happening, but not sure when. We're actually looking for more nominations. Uh, this is the time. We're about to give away, uh, or really award, 20 businesses for being awesome uh, here in Michigan's great Southwest. Now you just need to nominate someone. Get on over to moodyonthemarket.com. And uh, just click on Awards Series, go to Best Places to Work, and nominate a your uh, favorite local business or nonprofit. The nomination of a great organization that's here in the Barian cast and Van Buren County area that's doing impactful things to serve our community and strengthen our local economy. And we couldn't say... Uh, um, enough about our wonderful supporting sponsors for this. It's presented by Southwest Michigan Regional Chamber as well as Silver Beach Pizza, the Inn at Harbor Shores, also support from United Way of Southwest Michigan Parrot Company and Conserva Irrigation. Uh, again, find that best places to work nomination. It'll only take you a few minutes, and it's all right there at moodyonthemarket.com. And you can also find some great stories there as well. From our team of contributors, this one coming from uh, Moody on the Market contributor Ryan Younger. And by the way, your Moody on the Market update brought to you by our friends at Insurance Management Service. Call IMS Today, your local auto owner's agency, with locations in St. Joseph and in Niles. Stevensville resident and professional artist Cherie um, Okonski is uh, pretty ambitious. She has some ambitious plans uh, following the release of her first children's book, The Secret of Gumper the Rabbit, now from a mascot in the Blossom Time Parade to a continuing series of Gumper books, okonski says that uh, she wants to make her character a household name, but it's not for her own sake. She sees Gumper as a symbol of love uh, that can mend people's hearts, uh, both figuratively and literally. Now, Gumper, <clears throat> for those of you that haven't had a chance to read it yet, Gumper is the story of a fictional rabbit. Who, uh, born with short, stumpy ears and a heart-shaped nose, before sending him off to the pet store, his mother, concerned about his differences, reminds him of how special and loved he is. While his differences initially are a source of sadness for Gumper, with the help of a friend, he eventually learns his differences are what makes him special. And comes to realize firsthand what love feels like when he risks his own life to save his friends. Now, uh, Okonski says that it may be a little altruistic, uh, but my hope is that uh, Gumper brings people together. She's a mother of two and a former bus driver in the Lakeshore School District. She says our world right now is so compartmentalized into putting people um, into certain spots. And that's universal. There's a, an innocence with animals. There's, they're different from us. They're not judgmental. They don't put people in boxes. They just uh, are there for us. And so that's a vehicle to share love, I think. Now, proceeds from the book will be used to support children and families impacted by congenital heart conditions at Al- uh, Helen DeVos Children's Hospital in Grand Rapids. Gumper, she says, was created to make a difference in people's lives. But it's evolved. It's taken on more layers than I thought. Uh Now, he has a heart-shaped nose, and that symbolizes who he is. Now, my hope is that Gumper reaches into children's lives and families' lives and brings love. And that's what he's designed to do. Now, Alconce says that she wrote the book, uh, she wrote the Gumper story about 25 years ago. But it was uh, not until a few years ago that she decided to sit down and illustrate the book. She says, three years ago, my mom was diagnosed with cancer and I was driving the bus for Lakeshore Public Schools. I was around kids all the time, driving them to school, and it was kind of challenging, a challenging time for me. So I decided to pick the creativity back up and illustrate the book. Now, the book is dedicated to a lung, a young um, uh, adopted boy uh, named Grayson, who was also born with a little, different, with a little bit of a difference. Uh, he only had half a heart at birth. Now, Okonski says the uh, the boy's grandmother worked uh, for her husband, and she was moved by his story. Now, inside her book, a letter written from Gumper to Grayson reads, To Grayson, who was born with a congenital heart condition, you've inspired me to love more. XO Gumper. Now, uh, there's a new website, gumpertherabbit.com. The Secret of Gumper the Rabbit will be translated into Spanish. And Okonski also said that she's written the second book in the series and hopes to release it later this year. She's also in the process of creating a real-life mascot of Gumper to be featured in the Blossom Time Parade in May Uh, and possibly at hospitals and other events. Plans are also in the works for merchandise, including stuffed Gumper toys, a T-shirt with Gumper's face on it, stickers, word searches, and more. You want to read more on this story? You can always go check out MoodyOnTheMarket.com and read that full story written by Moody on the Market contributor Ryan Younger. Your Moody on the Market update brought to you by our friends at Insurance Management Service. Call IMS today, your local auto owner's agency, with locations in St. Joseph, and in Niles.